Well, good morning, Thrive Church. How are we doing today? Awesome, awesome. My name is Andrew Strunk. I'm the central worship leader here at Thrive, and it is such an amazing honor to be speaking with you guys here today. Now, I have a confession to make to everybody in this room and everybody watching online today. I'm a people pleaser. Now, you might be thinking to yourselves, big deal, who cares? But I need you to understand something here. It's actually a problem for me, a legit problem. Several years ago, before Elizabeth and I moved here to Virginia, we uh, worked at a church in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, this church was small. It's a type of church that's so small that you can have uh, potlucks every other week, once a month, sometimes once a week if we're feeling really excited. Um, but yeah, it was a small church in Nashville. And on one such occasion where we were having a potluck, immediately after our service, we ran into a problem. Now, all throughout the service, you could smell this food just coming into the sanctuary. And it just, it smelled so good. So by the time we got done with the service, everybody was ready to eat this amazing food. But here was the problem. We got back there and we realized we are now out of paper plates. What are we going to do? Well, ask Andrew to go get some paper plates. He'll do anything if you ask him. So Elizabeth said, hey, why don't you just go to Sam's Club just down the road and pick up some paper plates? Now, to understand this, you need to know how far away the Sam's Club was from our church. You could throw something to it, okay? It's that close. It was like maybe a 30-second drive to get to Sam's Club. So I said, all right, I'm going to do that. I drove the 30 seconds to Sam's Club, and I walk in. Now, if you've ever been to a Sam's Club or a Costco, one of those really, really big box stores, uh, you know this for a fact. You know that when you walk in there, uh, there's going to be people set up with booths or kiosks or something. And, the, and these individuals, they're trying to sell you something, right? They're either trying to get you subscribed to something or they're trying to uh, sell you a specific product. Now, normally, when I go into one of these stores, I try to go in with a crowd of people so as to avoid any sort of conversations with, with salesmen. Or I go in with Elizabeth, who is really, really good about saying no and not feeling at all bad about that. So this time I was alone. It was Sunday after church, it was a little bit rainy and there wasn't anybody around. And I walked in and this guy knew, this guy knew that he had me. You could see in his eyes like, oh yeah, here we go. Here comes the sucker right now. So this guy walks up to me and says, hey sir, do you have just a couple of minutes? Now, in my head, I'm saying, no, absolutely not. I am in a big rush, no. Whatever you're selling, sir, I do not want it. But that's not what came out of my mouth. What came out of my mouth was, sure, I've got a few seconds. I'm in a bit of a rush, but I, I've got a couple seconds. He's like, okay, cool. This won't take long. Long story short, 45 minutes later, I walk out of Sam's Club with paper plates 
and a subscription to DirecTV. Now, by the time I got back to the church, everybody was just so upset. <laughs> Elizabeth was fuming. Why on earth would it take you so long to just go to a place that's 30 seconds away to grab one item? Now, imagine how upset she was when she found out that I got a subscription to DirecTV. And the funniest thing about that whole experience is that we lived in an apartment complex that definitely did not allow for any sort of dish or satellite service at all. This wasn't going to work anyways. So Elizabeth, we know when we got home, she made me call them up immediately and explain it was a mistake, I'm weak, and I can't say no, and we can't even have DirecTV where we live, and we got it canceled. So you can see, I actually have a really big problem with saying no and pleasing other individuals. I like to make the peace, plain and simple. I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to be calm. I am in my happy place when everybody that is surrounding me is also just happy and chill and mellow. Now, we're in this series called Chasing Carrots because there are so many things that, as a society, we're trying to pursue, we're chasing after, and these things, they just leave us completely empty and void inside. And I want to show you today that one of those pursuits is trying to please people. It's trying to gain approval from our peers. Little side note here, this message isn't to give anybody license to be a complete jerk. In fact, there might be a few people in this room or a few people watching uh, at home that need to hear a message on how to be nice to people. But for the majority of us, we're chasing after this false pursuit of getting people to approve of us. And for many of us, we don't have pleasure or joy in our own lives because we're way too concerned about whether or not everybody else has pleasure and joy in their lives. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 29. Now, Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon, and Solomon was the third king of Israel, and God blessed Solomon to be a very wise individual. Some regard him as the wisest individual of that time, and, and a few people even say that he was the, maybe the wisest man in the, in the history, except for Jesus. Now, Proverbs was written several thousand years ago, but listen to how this can apply to us today on this topic of people-pleasing and approval. It says this in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Now, a snare is a trap, and a trap is meant to do what? It's meant to uh, hold us in bondage. It's meant to capture us and not let us go, and that's what Solomon is saying it's like to try to pursue pleasing people. It's like a snare. It's a trap for us. And this is our big idea for the day. So if you have your notes, you can go ahead and write this down. It's this, living to please people 
is a trap that leads to discontentment. Living to please people is a trap that leads to discontentment. Why is it a trap? Why does it lead to discontentment in our lives? And it's simple, and you guys, if you guys know the answer to this. It's because you can't please everyone. You will never succeed at pleasing every single person. If you're a guitar, guitar player, you know this to be true. Look at, look at it like this. A guitarist has to tune their guitar every time they pick it up. They, they definitely should, anyways, tune their guitar every time they pick it up. It's not gonna just magically always be in tune. It's not a one and done sort of deal. This is the never ending work of a guitar player. And the never ending work of a, of a people pleaser is that you're only as good as the last person you pleased. And I've heard this quote, I don't know the formula for success in life, but the formula for failure is trying to please everyone. Here are a few reasons why trying to please people is a trap for you and it's a trap for me. Living to please people is a trap because, and, and before I get into it, here's a disclaimer, this is, this is written for me, okay? This is a struggle that I have. And this is something that, we, that a lot of us go through. This is a struggle a lot of us have. Living to please people is a trap because we become overly sensitive to criticism. We become overly sensitive to criticism. When you're a people pleaser and, and someone comes around and criticizes you, whether it's constructive or, or not, what ends up happening? You either get super defensive or, or, or combative where you're saying like, no, I, di I didn't do that or this is the reason why I did that. Or you become super depressed. You start to get down on yourself because you feel like you just don't measure up to those people's standards. You just don't measure up. I had a professor in college, he was a religion professor, and on the first day of class, he got this really serious look on his face. It was probably one of the first things he said to us other than checking like the role of the class, you know, calling the role. And uh, he goes, if you can do anything else in life, go and do it. I mean, it sounds odd coming from a religion professor, right? Training people to go into ministry. He says, if you can be a teacher, if you can sit behind a desk, if you can make money in any other way, go and do it. Because ministry is one of the hardest things that you could possibly do in your entire life. If you are not called to ministry, it will chew you up and spit you out. If there's anything else that you can do in this life, go and do it. And I've seen this, it is, it's true. I've seen people get into ministry with like the greatest intentions ever. They wanna see lives changed. They wanna see people be brought to Jesus. But on the other side of things, they wanna please everybody. They wanna make sure everybody's happy. They don't wanna disappoint the people that go to their church. 
And what ends up happening is that when, when the criticisms come, and they will come, it's not a matter of if, but when the criticisms come and the noise of the crowd starts to seep in, they get really discouraged. They get really down on themselves. And I've even seen people walk away from ministry altogether because they just couldn't handle the criticism. This is what happens when we allow this trap of chasing approval to seep into our lives. Another thing that can happen is this. We can't say no because we don't want to disappoint others. We just can't say no. You know, just like me with the direct TV salesman, I couldn't say no. I couldn't. My, my mouth and my brain would not allow me to say no because I have all these things going on in my head saying, hey, this guy's just trying to make a living like you are. He's just doing his job. He's not a bad person. He's not trying to make you uncomfortable. He's not trying to cause a problem between you and your family who's waiting on you to get paper plates. It's not like that at all. And so I could not say no because I hate disappointing people. And in pastoral ministry, it is absolutely impossible to please everyone. You can't meet every need. And you will end up making people disappointed or, or even angry with you. And I've struggled with this for years. Struggled with this for years. Trying to make everybody happy. My stomach would just get into knots whenever I would go about scheduling volunteers. So we have this program that we use at Thrive Church called Planning Center. And it's a really organized thing to use because this is how we schedule all of our volunteers for all the different serve teams. It's how we communicate with our serve teams. And it's a really great tool. But every time I would schedule volunteers, I found myself getting really anxious and really sick to my stomach because guess what? I cannot please everyone. Everybody has an opinion Everybody has a desire. There are people who want to serve this amount. There's people who don't want to serve this amount. There's people who want to serve with these people only, and there's people who don't want to serve with these people at all. And it gets really, really hard to schedule volunteers in this way, so it just, it made me physically sick where my stomach is in knots, and I just, I don't want to do it. I don't want people to be mad or, or angry with me, and I got to the point where, like, immediately after I hit send on the invite, I just sit there and I go, well, let's just see uh, how long it takes for me to get an angry text or an angry email, or if somebody just gets so angry, they're just like, you know what, forget it, I quit. But here's the problem. The reason why I was feeling these things, the reason why my stomach was getting into knots is because I was chasing and pursuing pleasing people. And it left me discontented. Another thing that can happen with us is this. We are obsessed with what others think about us. We become obsessed with the way that people perceive us whether or not they approve of us. And maybe you are just like me. 
maybe you care way too much about what people think about you. Maybe you perform or, or achieve to actually just please people. But I want you to understand this, because this is really, really important. If you and I don't crucify this unholy pursuit of pleasing people, then you and I will continue to experience emptiness deep in our souls. It's a game that none of us are going to win. And let's be honest, we have got to stop trying to please everyone else. And we've got to start trying to please God. Look at what Paul has to say to the church in Galatia. Now, there were people that were breathing down Paul's neck, telling him what to do. You need to do this, Paul. You need to do this. They were upset. They were angry because there were non-Jews that were not following the practices that they felt they needed to do. There were people that weren't circumcised. There were people not following along with the traditions and the values that they held dear. And they were like, Paul, you need to set these people straight. You need to get these people in line and follow our culture and traditions. So Paul writes to this church in Galatia and he sets the record straight. And he says this in Galatians 1 verse 10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I need to take some notes from Paul on how to respond to people who, who do that to me. And maybe you do too. Early on, when I first started off in, in ministry, specifically when I started preaching, I found myself trying to just win the approval of those in the congregation. Now, I can pinpoint when this started. This all started the very first time that I preached a message. And I want you to understand something here. The first message that I preached was no good. It was not good. It was, it was super short. And when I say it, I mean, it was so short that one of the uh, youth that were sitting in the congregation gasped super loudly. That's how shocked he was at how short it was. It was like, he was like, bro, you just got started. You're already done? But when I got done with the message, I had people lining up to pat me on the back. Tell me how great I was. Tell me how amazing the sermon was. In hindsight, it's probably because it was really short that they were all very excited and happy with me. But I found myself continually trying to one-up myself every time I would preach, trying to get the approval and the, and the pats on the back. And, and what happens? Sometimes that doesn't happen, right? You, you don't get a pat on the back. You don't get people that tell you, hey, great job, that impacted my life. And, and what ended up happening is I started to get really down on myself because I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. And finally, I got out of this, this mindset that I needed to preach for uh, approval. And I got out of my, my mind that I needed to preach and, and receive some sort of positive feedback. And I've learned that people's response to a message doesn't dictate the power of the message. I mean, Jesus had the greatest message of all time and, and they rejected him. 
So here's the change that I made. And I, and I hope you'll consider this as well in your own life. And this is your next step. Stop letting what others think about you deconstruct what God thinks about you. Stop letting others control what God thinks about you. Understand that I struggle with this too. We have to stop finding worth in what people think and start focusing on what God thinks about us and understand that God is for you. He is with you. His love is unfailing. And here's, here's the greatest, greatest thing about this message of God's love is that God is pleased with you and he's pleased with you because of what Christ has done. So here's how we can apply this. Here's how we can stop trying to please people. We have to understand this. Understand that people pleasing is idolatry. Plain and simple. Trying to get people to approve of you is idolatry. And the disciple John wrote this about people who, who hid their faith even from people. In John chapter 12, starting with verse 42, he says, but because of the Pharisees, they, the people who believed in Jesus, who said they were followers of Jesus, would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise from God. That's like us. I mean, many times we choose pleasing people over trying to please God because we're afraid of what that might cost us. We're afraid that if we choose God over, over the praises of others that we'll lose relationships, we'll lose friendships, people will look at us differently, people will become awkward around us. And we see examples of this in scripture even, of people acting this way. And there was a king in the Old Testament named Jeroboam, and he was the king of the southern kingdom of Judah when Israel's kingdom was split. And Jeroboam was a people pleaser by nature. He wanted to make everybody happy. He even went as far as to setting up an idol in the temple. He set up a golden calf in the temple to try to please the people. But what ended up happening is God was greatly angered. God was not pleased. And why is that? Because it was idolatry. And if we're truly honest with ourselves, sometimes we give into things that we know are just completely wrong because we care too much about what others are thinking or we care too much about what people might think about us. The desire to please people can actually be an idol in your life and in my life that competes with God. So how do we focus more on what God thinks about us? How do we do this? It's this, we have to choose the higher yes. We have to choose the higher yes. 
And Paul, he understood the importance of choosing the higher yes. He says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. And in verse 6, he says, We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Paul understood the importance of not trying to please people, of choosing a higher yes, choosing God, the higher yes. Here's the thing we know is true. Each one of us is gonna have time to practice this, choosing the higher yes. You will have opportunities. It's not a matter of if, but when people come to you and they, they want you to do something that you know isn't right or you know is not a priority you will have an opportunity to choose the higher yes. The people who are most successful in this life know how to choose the higher yes. People who are successful in life know that they can do anything, but they can't do everything. So what do they do? They weigh it out. They set priorities, they choose the higher yes. This means that you're going to have to say no to someone or something at some point. You have to choose a higher yes. Look at it this way. Think about a doctor who, who's a surgeon. And he's got to perform a critical surgery to save someone's life. And the patient, they're in their operating room. The room is sterile. Everything is ready to go. They're ready for the doctor to come in and perform this this critical surgery. And the doctor's all ready and he's walking to the operating room and, and he gets stopped by a family that says, doctor, could you please just check the blood pressure of our elderly grandmother? We're really concerned for her. Now, a people-pleasing doctor would say, absolutely, whatever you want, you got it, I'm here to serve. At the expense of what is actually critical and important, But if the doctor chooses the higher yes, he would say, I'm so sorry, I can't do that right now. I have a surgery to perform. There's a nurse right here that can help you out. Even though that might upset the family, even though they might shout, they might curse at him, they might go look for a supervisor just to complain about him. The doctor knows that there are two choices he can make. He can either choose the higher yes, or he can choose the lower yes. One's critical and the other one isn't. People in life who don't succeed so often choose the lower yes because they don't want to let anyone down. Now, like I said, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. I don't want to disappoint anyone. But here's what happened to me because I wasn't willing to choose the higher yes in my own life. This past fall, I found myself on the brink of of falling apart on the edge of burnout. Now it's because we were working a whole lot. You know, when the pandemic started, a lot of, a lot of jobs, they slowed down. Some people even lost jobs, but our job, it like, it like ramped up like 120%. And we were working super long hours and we were getting so, so tired. But not only was that happening, but I was taking the weight of other people's emotions 
and I was taking the weight of trying to make everybody happy with me, and it just completely knocked me down. I was on the edge of burnout because of this, and I found myself at this place where I just couldn't take it anymore. And I can remember I was sitting in our living room and I had a computer in my lap and I was working on the scheduling. So I was kind of already in like an anxious mode, just kind of like, you know, just couldn't jittery. And, and Elizabeth comes down and she's like, you know, poor Elizabeth, we have another problem that we have to take care of. And I just couldn't take any more problems. And so I threw my computer off my lap and, and I gotta tell you, that's not a good idea. If you love your technology, let's not throw computers. It's not a good idea. But I threw the computer and I had to escape. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. I just knew I needed to get out of that moment and I needed, to, I just gotta get away. I've got to, it's like a fight or flight mode. And the only place I could think to go was my, my bedroom closet. And I went into my bedroom closet, I shut the door and I sat down, I curled up in a ball and I stayed there for hours. Hours. I didn't talk to anybody, I ignored everybody. I was burnt out. I was at a boiling point. I couldn't take any more. Now through counseling, I, I found just how destructive it can be to try and find fulfillment and everybody else being happy, trying to find fulfillment of being approved by everybody else. I thought that that was the only way that I could truly be happy was to make sure that everybody else around me was happy and they were at peace. But there is something so much more fulfilling than that. There is a higher yes. And for me, the higher yes is my personal health. It's the main priority. The greatest gift that I can give this church and the teams that I'm a part of is to make sure that I'm an emotionally, spiritually, physically healthy person. If I fail in these areas, then the teams that I'm a part of are gonna suffer. Relationships are gonna suffer. So I've had to readjust the way that I do things, the way that I operate, because it has to be a higher yes. My marriage and kids, they're a higher yes. The way that my kids perceive church is a higher yes. If they continually see me choosing the lower yes to the point where I am emotionally done and I'm having to go and have mental breakdowns, that would be so damaging to them. And eventually they're gonna hate church for what it does. And I don't want that. So they are my higher yes. I want you to understand this. God wants you to be content. God wants you to be joyful. God wants you to be freed from chasing these carrots of, of approval and trying to please other individuals. And here's what we need, here's what I need. Here's what you need. We need his help because we cannot do this on our own. I cannot do this on my own. I need God's Holy Spirit to help me to choose that higher yes, to put all of our trust into God and not 
everybody around us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the love that you have for us. I thank you, God, that you are here with us. Lord, help us to not be bogged down by what others are thinking about us. Help us to be more focused on what you think about us. We need you, God. We need your Holy Spirit. We need you to guide us. Help us choose the higher yes and to not give in to these simple pursuits of approval and trying to please everybody around us. God, we thank you for all that you've done for us. And as we continue in this mode of prayer, if you're in this room, if you're in this room and you're not in a relationship with Jesus, but you feel like you wanna make that decision here today, all you have to do is pray this prayer after me. Father, I know that I have sinned. I know that I fall short of your glory in every single way. But God, I know that you love me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die for me, to take my sins upon him so that I might be redeemed. I believe that Jesus hung on a cross, that he died, was buried, and then rose from the grave. And it was through that act that I have been made right with you. God, here, today, and now, I choose you. I choose to be in relationship with you here today. We pray all of this in your name. Amen.